Hey, Dan, do you like games? Um, what do you mean? Like mind games? Yeah, I love them. Uh, no, I mean tabletop games, RPGs, sitting around a table with friends, having fun. Heck yeah, Andy. I play a lot of games. I have played a lot of games. I played some Risk Legacy last night and just whooped my brother. Yeah, I didn't need your whole life story there, buddy. This is an ad read. It's supposed to be like 30 seconds. I used to go to a weekly role-playing game night myself back before I started spending my every waking minute focused on local restaurants. Dan, did you know there's a really cool tabletop game company right here in Springfield? I did know that, Andy, because they paid us to do this ad. (laughs) The company is Fire Lizard Games, and it's owned by three brothers right here in town. And guess what? They're just about to launch a Kickstarter for their first game. That's right, Dan. Fire Lizard Games presents Base, a card PG, a portmanteau. You know I love that. Base is a setting agnostic storytelling game using a simple uniquely designed system they engineered the game to be appealing for everyone whether you're a newcomer to role-playing games or a seasoned vet like me or a total dunce like andy (sighs) all you need to play is the rule book a standard deck of cards and a few six-sided dice fire lizards kickstarter for base went live the day this episode dropped march 12th today (laughs) and it will end on april 16th They've got donation tiers as low as three bucks. Only three dollars to support a cool new local project? Yep, it's a pretty great deal. Check them out at handle at Fire Lizard Games on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or just check the show notes for this episode. Thanks again to Fire Lizard Games for sponsoring this episode of Spring Food Mo. Spring Food Mo! Springfield was once two separate towns. Commercial Street and North Springfield were created when the railroad arrived in 1870. Live to a hard drive from the 16th floor of the Hammonds Tower. Listen to Springfield, my American's number one podcast about restaurants in Springfield, Missouri. <laughs> I'm Andy Carr. Do not slow down your listening <laughs> device. This is Dan Howell speaking at a normal speed. I don't know why I did that. That was not planned. Yeah. Very excited. Good. That was another fact by Laura Weiss. Maybe next week we can get some clarification <laughs> on what exactly that means. I don't um, get it. Neither one of us got it. Yeah. Uh, I I read like the first part and it seemed very interesting that uh, Springfield was once two towns. But once I continued reading, I was like, what were the two towns? So uh, <laughs> next week, possible conclusion. <laughs> uh, please write in the clarification, Laura. We'd really appreciate it. Yeah. Dan. <laughs> yes. This week. The best thing that ever happened to me happened to you. Oh, my goodness, Andy. <laughs> Tell us about it. It's true. My little baby niece was born yeah! to my brother, Travis. And so exciting. His lovely fiance, Melissa. I am so excited. I will be visiting them here again in probably a week or so. Mm-hmm. And then another few weeks, I'm going to drive to uh, Tulsa for a concert and stop in old uh along the way i'm not going to give their exact sure, sure, address sure. i don't want anybody to dox my little niece <laughs> because of some <laughs> restaurant of i dragged doxing nieces and nephews <laughs> is something that's a fairly regular practice on this show yeah uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right we have docs some nieces and nephews but yeah it, it was so cool is my first uh niece or nephew my parents obviously their first grandbaby They've waited a long time. I'm 27 and I'm the youngest <laughs> of the boys. So yeah. uh, they, they've been waiting and they're very, very happy. I'm super excited. Like it keeps on like dawning on me yeah. more how like 
really excited I am to see this little person grow up. Did you so. hold her? Oh, yeah, of course. for sure. Yeah, no, we were tossing her around, <laughs> playing, uh, <laughs> playing baby catch. <laughs> yeah, playing like a game of pickup <laughs> baby basketball. Yeah, no, for sure. I held her a couple times. Very delicate. Um, you don't say. <laughs> those uh, fresh newborn babies. <laughs> No, it was awesome. I had a grand old time. <laughs> Buddy, what uh what what's her cry sound like? <laughs> <laughs> I will never tell you. <laughs> you will not have the satisfaction. Anyway, I I just wanted to bring that up. I'm so excited for you. My mom texted me. You don't know this. My mom texted me and said, oh, is, is, Dan's ne- is Dan's niece alive yet? Or something like that. It's not those are not the words. That's not what she said. <laughs> But anyway, my mom was very excited, and she was like grilling me for information. I was like, "Don't you, can you just call Dan's mom? <laughs> Do you guys know each other?" Oh, don't worry. My mom <laughs> posted about the baby's birth on Facebook before uh, the baby's parents even had the chance to. Oh wow! Um, so <laughs> she could have just checked that. So yeah, Dan, you got any? She got a little glow to you. Ooh, <laughs> you're radiating. I'm hot. <laughs> Yes, am I, I am glowing? absolutely glowing as a, as a brand new uncle, <laughs> as the freshly minted Unky Danny. <laughs> I am glowing, Unky D, Unky D. Yes, Andy, you are glowing. Uh, do you have something in your womb? <laughs> uh, just like half a wedge salad. <laughs> Dan, I might be glowing because. Spring break started today. Spring break, baby. Do I have the look of a man who has nine uninterrupted days of no work in front of him? I, yeah, got it. <laughs> it hasn't even started yet. Tomorrow's the first day off. I worked today, and I don't have to work again for nine days. So this is why you called me in early to do the podcast on no, a Friday night so I you d- could clear up your schedule. I believe the text said, hey, I don't have anything going on the next two nights. My family and friends are all gone. God, just nine days of debauchery. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Watching Marvel Netflix shows and trying to eat as little as possible. That's that's the goal. Yeah. Good luck. Anyway, speaking of the opposite of that, mm. let's get into talking about Dublin's Pass. Uh, yeah. That's the only way I'd say it. Dan. Andy. Ireland <laughs> is an island. Yeah. The second biggest island of the British Isles and the third biggest island in all of Europe. Dan, did you know that Ireland is actually a word for two different countries? I didn't. It's maybe more like two provinces or regions, but they have separate governments. There's the Republic of Ireland, the capital of which is Dublin. Okay. I'll pass. And then (laughs) Northern Ireland, a small section on the northeast corner of the island of Ireland, the capital of which is Belfast. Hmm. The Republic of Ireland is sovereign, while Northern Ireland is a part of Great Britain. It's weird. People who live in Northern Ireland don't agree on how to identify themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah that is weird. <laughs> well, some people from Northern Ireland will tell you they're Irish. Some will tell you that they're British. Hmm. I realize this is a food podcast, one that basically nobody listens to to hear about world history. But fear not, there's some food context for all this coming later. <laughs> don't you worry. You got any Irish blood, Dan? I have no clue. I have never looked into it, but I would guess yes, absolutely, 100%. Actually, my my uh, mother's side of the family are all Irish Catholic, so I, I guess those people are Irish, right? <laughs> I think so. I'm pretty sure. 
Dan, I looked into my own Irish heritage. I knew I had a little bit, and I thought maybe I was even like half Irish or something like that, because I don't really know. I'm sure. At this point, most white people are just a big It's just a lot of DNA vague white mush, yeah. you know. So I emailed my dad. So my thought was, if I'm Irish enough, I can do the accent, and it won't be <laughs> offensive. <laughs> so, okay, this is what my dad told me. George Carr was born in Scotland and died in January of 1800. John Arbuckle was born in Dublin, Ireland. He had a son who was also named John, who had a daughter named Nancy. She married a lad named William Carr who had a son named William A. Carr. William A. Carr had a son named Alonzo Carr with a Z. Dang. He was my great, great grandfather. So yeah, I've got a little bit Irish in there. Sure, But yeah. that dude from Scotland, George Carr, I believe his family uh, is what you would call Scots-Irish, people who immigrated from Scotland to Ireland sure. fleeing persecution and then immigrated from Ireland to the New World also fleeing persecution. So if you wonder where my persecution complex came from, <laughs> thanks a lot for that, George. Yeah, George you're, Carr. You're always talking about how the Irish were persecuted. <laughs> yeah, you you love me. mentioning that. <laughs> Obviously, we picked the restaurant Dublin's Pass this week because of St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. A holiday that means so much to me personally. Sure that I almost always forget about it <laughs> until I see the pub crawl signs and say, I'm not going downtown this weekend. Avoid at all costs. I always think that it's on the 14th, and then I forget that that's just Pi Day, and it's it's never been on the 14th. Buddy, I can't wait for that day. <laughs> oh, me neither. <laughs> Stay tuned. So, let's get into Dublin's Pass. The story of Dublin's past is complicated, mostly because it begins in the middle of another restaurant story, that of Springfield's corporate bar food behemoth, Big Whiskies, the first location of which opened in 2005. There's at least 10 of them now, and as you might expect, the history behind the ever-sprawling huge hooch regional chain is complex, to put it mildly, with people joining and leaving the business constantly over the years. I am dreading the week when we actually cover Big Whiskies because that'll mean I have to sift through all that, sort it out, and try to make sense of it. But hey, that's not this week. This week, I'm trying to find the end of a different rainbow. Three names listed on the original Big Whiskey's deed also appeared on the original deed for Dublin's Pass back when it started. Those names were Randy Gildahas, Michael Hesland, and Paul Sunday. Over the last couple decades, those three have been involved in a bevy of local businesses. At one point, Heslin and Sunday started a company called English Management, which operated Big Whiskey's, Dublin's, Parlor 88, Opus Cigar Bar, Vintage Dance Lounge, and the Gilloways. Yeah, they're at least partially responsible for turning the historic theater into a legitimate concert venue. Pretty cool. Along with those three names I mentioned before was another, Jameson Clark. Jamie Clark is a fourth-generation local business owner. His great-grandparents owned Hikes Wholesale Dry Goods. His grandparents owned some clothing and fabric stores, including Boardwalk and Crickets with a K, both of which still exist. 
Jamie Clark's parents continued running those stores, and then Jamie Clark himself opened the Auto Specialists, a car dealership, before joining with childhood friend Michael Hesland and his partners at Big Whiskies, and going on to open some nightclubs and, eventually, Dublin's Pass, Irish pub and restaurant. Though these days, Dublin's Pass is generally thought of as a downtown restaurant, the first location to open was the one on West Republic. That happened on June 24th, 2011. This isn't particularly pertinent information, but that was just two weeks after the city banned smoking in bars. Probably not the least stressful time to have just opened a pub. Despite that, the first Dublin's quickly became popular with the Southside crowd, so much so that the owners expeditiously decided to open another one downtown just over a year later on September 29th, 2012. The menu at Dublin's is pretty funny, honestly. Maybe on purpose, maybe not. There are several authentic Irish dishes, or at least interpretations thereof. A lot of meat and potatoes combinations. I mean, literally, dishes that are mostly meat and potatoes. There's also some standard American bar food dishes, but in front of the names, they've just stuck some vaguely Irish words. They don't serve a wedge salad, no. They serve a shamrock wedge salad. Or maybe you'd like to try the Celtic chicken, or the Belfast steak. Dublin's does do one thing that's really cool. They're the only place in town where you can get a traditionally poured Guinness, which takes an interminable two minutes and will cost you the price of a full six pack, but hey, still cool. They serve a bunch of Guinness-based mixed drinks too, which is intriguing at the very least. I'm not sure who currently owns Dublin's Pass. A few years ago, Big Whiskey's PR team announced that the owners had sold out of all their other businesses and were going to try and take their flagship restaurant national, even boasting about their goal to franchise over 100 locations nationwide. It looks like English management closed up shop right around that time too, and there's no records of anything that happened after that, at least nothing public that I could find. Dublin's paperwork with the state hasn't changed since it was first filed eight years ago, so I really have no idea what's going on with this place. And uh, I didn't run an Ancestry.com search on the owners or anything, but I'm not totally sure they're even Irish, you know, just like most people who get super excited for mid-March to roll around. Anyway, happy St. Pat's Day, everybody! A little Irish in your blood, a little Polish in your name, a little Boston in your attitude, just the way you were raised, just the way you were raised. What a good punk rock coming out of Ireland and Northern Ireland, 70s and 80s. I was having no a hard idea. time focusing on the uh, whole bio section because I was just thinking about how kicked than Lizzie is. <laughs> they do indeed do that. <laughs> Dan, had you been to Dublin, 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 Dublin's Pass? <laughs> I, I am going to use them interchangeably. I don't know how I got Dublin stuck in my head. I have literally never heard that. I've never heard it's Dublin like, said. Dublin, bro. <laughs> oh, okay. No, uh, Dublin. I don't know. 
I, I dubs. <laughs> yeah, got it. Yeah. China Road. <laughs> <laughs> Friday night. Yeah. It is. It is 805 on a Friday night, and this is what we're doing with our time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, black water. <laughs> Keep on rolling. The Doobie Brothers. <laughs> um, tell tell us about your history with Dublin's past. Yes. The, the most definitely the proper pronunciation. <laughs> I have been to each of Dublin's past's locations one time. The first was the Republic location on my 21st birthday. Played some trivia there with my big brother. And I believe my good friend Josh, who I might mention again later in this episode. Good guy. Yeah, I don't think I ate any food on that first visit. Just had a couple drinks. Had Drank your dinner. One of their drop shots, which mm. I think uh, is kind of a big item up there. And then I think I went to the downtown one before some show. I can't remember who it was. It was either a comedian or me seeing 311 <laughs> with the same older brother for some interminable reason. I believe Lindsay and I saw you outside. Oh, yes. show. oh absolutely. Probably so the that first was, time you met Lindsay. Yeah, I think it definitely was. <laughs> How embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was apologizing on your behalf. It was like, it's just something to do with his brother. <laughs> you know, my brother had an extra ticket. And if it's it's like a couple blocks away from my house, I, I have a hard him. time passing up free ticket it, to any concert. If I had friends who were going, I would go. I got nothing against them. I liked them in high school, 311. Yeah, I liked them in high school, too. And I saw them in high school. So there was no reason I needed to see them a second time did you five s- years out of Did you celebrate them. yesterday, 311 day? Oh, my goodness. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> the yesterday of the future. I think I had been to both. My memories of it are very vague. It's never a place I actively side out going. I think it was similar to you, except I went after something at the Gilloways. Probably just to have a drink. And I know, I don't remember the details, but I know that I went to the Southside location to do trivia once. Sure. And they weren't doing it. <laughs> That's the one memory I have. I don't remember anything about the food. So I wound up going three times this week, and I Ooh. truly only meant to go once. <laughs> Lindsay and I had a plan to go together on Thursday night. And then Wednesday rolled around, and I had done the research earlier that week, and I discovered that the Republic location was the first one. So my thought was, well, I, I obviously have to go to that one too, <laughs> you know, do my due diligence. Wednesday after school, I went directly there. I did not eat all day. I did that twice this week. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, whenever you're eating Dublin's Pass, yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to fill you up mm-hmm. from all day. I had appetizers and dessert. I went Thursday, and the intention was for Lindsay and I to both get entrees. But Lindsay was just not feeling the entree, so I wound up getting appetizers again. So today, I had a work day with no students, which means we get to go wherever we want for lunch. Sure. My coworkers all went to Maria's together, and I, like an antisocial weirdo, which I, I'm not really. <laughs> I, I like people, but I was like, no, I have to go to Dublin's Pass. I think you've said you like <laughs> staring at people. <laughs> yeah. No, the opposite. <laughs> I, I, I don't look at people while they're all I'm talking to them. Today I went and I got two entrees. Oh, goodness, Andy. <laughs> I understand why you react that way, but there's a wrinkle to that story, which we'll get to. When you walk in to both locations, the first thing you notice is that it is very dark. dark. I tried to find the brightest spot so I could take some dorky 
pictures of food. <laughs> the layout's pretty cool. It's a highly efficient use of space on the south side one specifically. Yeah. There's a bank of covered wooden booths right in the middle of the restaurant. Yeah, I really like those yeah, booths. Yeah, booths on both mm-hmm. sides. Throughout the restaurant, there are several different heights and sizes of tables. The colors you're going to see are these deep, dark browns and greens, as you might expect from yeah, an Irish yeah. pub. Everything is just pristinely clean and tidy. This isn't a knock at all, but this location feels a whole lot like a chain restaurant, like an Irish theme variation of a TGI Fridays. Sure. Or something like that. There was one totally bizarre idiosyncrasy that I I, I despised it. I hated it so much. <laughs> the music playing when I walked in was the most generic, like bland, mainstream country. You know, I, I like country music a lot. This was downtown? No, no, no. This was the South Side okay. one. I like country music. Sure. This was bad. This was very, very bad. Just like <laughs> generic, bland country music that was playing in this very, very Irish pub. It just like made no sense. Like I had a hard time like computing it. Yeah, that's... It was difficult. That's very weird. And I know that this is like a thing with me. Like I'm very sensitive to sounds and songs and stuff. And I understand this is like... The, the idiosyncratic element here is me, not this place. Maybe. What time of day was this? This was about... Uh, 3.45, 4 o'clock p.m., Dan. I mean, that makes a little more sense to me. Like, daytime music seems like whoever's yeah. working, that's what they're listening exactly. to. Exactly. And yeah. they had opened at 3, and I think I was the third customer sure. there. So you're probably right. Yeah. I think that's what they were listening to. Plus, about halfway through my time there, almost as if they knew I was writing about the music in my notes, they switched it to a pretty cool Irish station with these kind of like jaunty, charged, yeah. anthemic choruses. I bet that comes on at 4 p.m. every day. <laughs> You're probably no. right. Once that happened, the vibe of the place really clicked for me. Like later, they switched it again to a song sung by our friend Axel, which was an odd transition. <laughs> but, you know, it's always nice to hear a friend's voice. The next two times I went were the downtown location, and it was the exact same stuff, like the exact same descriptions apply, except maybe even darker. Overhead maybe it's lighting. the dark wood that yeah. adds. And I mean, bars are just dimly lit sure. in general, but this one had brighter table lighting, sure. which was nice. Like Lindsay and I were able to sit there and see each other, whereas that might not have necessarily been the case at the yeah. south side yeah, it version. It was very dark in there. Going to both was pretty weird. It felt like going to two different Ruby Tuesdays or something with the exact same aesthetic with just very slight sure. variations. Everything just so pristine and almost clinical in its cleanliness. Which is, I mean, you know, I'm not a germaphobe yeah, or anything. Keep a clean but place. Yeah. What were your impressions? Just about the same as you. I think the thing that struck me the most was how dark it was in there. Uh, I mean, I was only in there briefly. Uh, I had a pickup order today from the uh, Republic location. So you get any appetizers on your trip, Dan? Oh, did I, Andy? <laughs> oh, did I? The first thing in the appetizer menu is the perfect Guinness. Yes. Real cute, new blends. <laughs> Not an appetizer. <laughs> the menu says, the perfect Guinness makes the perfect appetizer. It takes 119.5 seconds to pour a pint of Irish goodness. We hold true to that tradition. As promised, it's time to talk about Guinness. Please. What are your impressions of Guinness? I don't think I am quite strong enough to take on a guinness at at this stage in my life yet i hope to someday to be able to handle a heavier beer like that but i i have definitely tried to order them in the past or gotten like a can of guinness and it always defeats me i've never once finished a guinness i can almost guarantee that i thought maybe you'd say something like 
you know, he's a great actor, but the role of Obi-Wan was beneath him. And I think you, you can tell that in the performance. Yeah, yeah. That seems like me to, to pull <laughs> Alec not Guinness. something that would <laughs> I would be the only person I know that would do that. Okay. So let's talk about Guinness. The book of world records. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they get the record for the blandest beer in the world. <laughs> oh, yeah. please get into I it. I think Andy. Guinness is bad. This is a hot take, I, Andy. No, I, I think people like Guinness. People do seem to really like Guinness. And obviously, this is just an opinion. Um, it's a hot take. It's not that hot a take. I don't burn it up over here. <laughs> Gosh. And you know you keep it cold in Because I turned the heat up because I knew you were coming. <laughs> Thank you. Like a wizard. Cold blooded. <laughs> I do lick my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Guinness stout is made from water, barley, roast malt extract, hops, and brewer's yeast. A portion of the barley is roasted to give Guinness its dark color and characteristic state. Guinness looks like a big, thick drink, but has a weirdly low calorie count at 198 calories per pint, hmm. which may not seem low, but it's it's very low relative to other beers. It doesn't quite qualify as a light beer, but it's actually fewer calories than skim milk or a glass of orange juice. Oh, really? Uh, granted, nobody's really out there drinking pints at a time of milk or OG. I mean, Dan does that. I'm drinking a glass of milk and orange juice mixed right now. <laughs> what do you call that drink? Uh, um, the the Arnold... Uh, just give, give oh, up. I'm just giving give up. up. Yeah. <laughs> Moose was good. Clearly, I already have. <laughs> Guinness beer was created by a man named Arthur Guinness, who founded his brewery in 1759. Wow. Long time ago. Arthur Guinness was a staunch advocate for unionism, which, to just explain this very simply, means that he believed that the entire island of Ireland should be included in the United Kingdom and governed by Great Britain. Arthur Guinness used brewery profits to fund paramilitary groups that fought for that outcome. Uh, the conflict continued the 1920s when it culminated in the Irish Civil War and the aftermath of which the island was split into two countries, as mentioned before. And obviously the conflict just, uh, you know, bubbled up again over the years with the troubles. And you can do all that research on your own if you feel like it. Sure. There's obviously reams and reams of words. Great songs written. Yes. And, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis films mm-hmm. in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Right, back to Arthur Guinness. After his death, his family continued running the brewery, and in the lead-up to the Irish Civil War, they supported the British Army in various conflicts, and even went so far as to fire employees for holding Irish nationalist beliefs. If one of their workers married a Catholic, they were forced to resign. Yeah, Hmm. because a lot of the conflict between Ireland and Northern Ireland were Catholic versus Protestants. Oh. Yeah, or other way around, but yeah. Basically, Guinness the Brewery is and always has been anti-Ireland. Hmm. As in like not believing that Ireland should be a sovereign country. Wow. Yeah. So get this. In 1932, they moved their headquarters to England, where it still is. In the 90s, the company started playing up its Irishness again for marketing purposes and reopened the original factory in Dublin as a tourist attraction. Before that, in the 80s, during, you know, what? terrorist activity and that kind of, <laughs> yeah. guinness did even started marketing itself as an english beer not an irish beer. wow yeah so the guinness you drink anywhere in the world today is basically nothing like the guinness you would have gotten 40 years ago this is another separate mm-hmm. issue let alone back when art guinness for some reason i wrote art in my notes <laughs> 
back when Art Guinness started brewing. Guinness Draft was originally much stronger and more stout, which sounds great. Sounds so much better, and it bothers me that it's not like that now. It didn't take on that creamy, um, watery consistency until it became a nitro beer in 1959. To put it simply, nitrogenation creates a lot less bubbles than carbonation does. Hmm. And then they changed the composition again in 1981, reducing the alcohol content using different types of malts and hops. So it's fake. Everything about Guinness is like fake. It's fraudulent. Phony. It's not Irish beer. It's anti-Irish beer. It doesn't even taste like the actual beer that the Irish inventor brewed in the first place. Guinness, bad on every level. Doesn't represent the things it's supposed to represent. Doesn't taste great. Probably used to taste great based on the descriptions. I don't know. I don't like Guinness, Dan. <laughs> you know what? I mean, I, I, I also don't like it. I, I literally can't finish one. Isn't it bizarre, though, that this is like the Irish beer, like the pride of the Irish, and that it was... Its history is decidedly anti-Irish, like not believing that the country of Ireland should exist. So he- crazy? Here's one thing I've heard, and this may be myth, but I have heard that in Ireland and in England, Guinness is much better for some reason. I don't know if that's true. It's probably not. I also feel like Guinness is probably a thing that were you to go to Ireland, nobody's actually drinking Guinness, or maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Lindsay has been to Ireland. Oh, okay. She's a well-traveled individual, just and, generally. Yeah, we're just full-blown morons. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. <laughs> yeah. Just to be clear, us, not her. Yeah. Yes, yeah. She tried Guinness in Ireland and thought it was great. Now, we talked about this, obviously, while we were at Dub Man's Pass. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so stupid. Dub Man. Dub Man. <laughs> <laughs> and she told me about that. She said she really loved that, but she also said the same thing that you did. Like, maybe it tastes that way because you're in Ireland and you're yeah. excited to be there as an American. Who Everything's knows? like green around you and beautiful. I, I gave her an off-the-dome explanation of all the information that I said to you from a semi-scripted set of notes. You mansplained it. No. <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, it was... I, I try very hard not to do that. When I got to the part about nitro beers, I think she laughed or something. I said, what? And she's, she's like, oh, yeah, you always make a gross face whenever a waiter says a nitro beer. <laughs> I was like, I do? Oh, my God. <laughs> so I hate nitro like beers. I think it's so bad. The most bad. Andy quality I could think of. <laughs> like, I'm a very predictable person. Okay, so that's the first item on the app menu. Mm. I did get one. Did you get one? No, I was on my lunch mm. break, so I, I did request that they pour me one to go whenever I called in, but they declined. Yeah, Apparently, not, they don't do that anymore. Any not tropical liqueurs. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> when are we going to do the drops episode? When they start serving food. I, I, uh, slushies are food. <laughs> <laughs> That's Who's great. Food? We should definitely do that in a certain mini series that we're planning for God. in the future. <laughs> I got so many apps, Dan. Please lay these apps on me. <laughs> Lindsay and I went together and we got three different apps. I'm not even. She got shrimp. I didn't even try it. it she said it was fine. Yeah. So I ordered sliders. That's mm. all it says. There's a lot, uh, yep. lots of colorful language on the menu. Mm-hmm. Not cursing, but just <laughs> funny names of menu items. Not no fancy funny name. Just sliders. They do have the little shield on the menu that denotes them as a favorite. Oh, you know, okay. Like 
a dub man's favorite. The menu says <laughs> mini beef smash patties topped with Swiss cheese and mayo. Dan, these sliders were bad. Wow. <laughs> the patties were basically flavorless, unseasoned and very dry, pretty close to well done, which, you know, fine. Well done sure. burger. I can eat it or not. I prefer I, my go-to is medium. If I'm at a steakhouse or something that serves a burger, medium rare, man. Only way to go. I kind of like a crispy burger. I think it's because my parents tended mm. to maybe overcook mm. burgers whenever I was growing up, and I grew accustomed to it. I did not know until for a very long time that <laughs> you could get a burger cooked under medium well. Because my dad would always get medium well. I was like, I guess this is what burgers yeah. are. And I'm pretty sure it was Lindsay that said medium or medium rare at one, one point. I was like, what? <laughs> and I tasted it. Oh, my. The first half of my life has been a lie. I've missed out. It's so much better. Juicy. These burgers had half slices of Swiss. They seemed like Kraft Swiss cheese. And they only barely started the melt. That's another Ooh, thing. Is no These good. were warm at best like the warm is describing them as warm would be generous and they didn't moisten the burgers at all the alleged mayo mentioned on the menu could not have been more than like five milliliters worth just like a minuscule squirt on the middle of the bottom of the bun you wouldn't have known it was there um it took about five small bites to take down one of these sliders and i would get just the slightest mayo flavor in one of the bites you know now i really did like the buns and actually they were rolls they were these rich fluffy and flowery rolls are puffy they're very tasty unfortunately the rolls made up about 80 percent of each slider which mm. even further you know obliviated the taste of the meat cheese and mayo i ate the first two they were so bland like i was kind of frustrated yeah. this was my second meal and i liked the first one sure quite a bit more i ordered some ranch dip to go with them to make them taste like anything and then i removed the patty from one of the remaining sliders and put it on top of a patty from one of the others nice then i left the top bun off and ate it that way, like an open-faced double burger with sure. ranch. And that was way better, but still not like great. Not even if, if it tasted the way that tasted, I still wouldn't go out of my way to order this. I definitely don't, don't recommend the sliders, not even for $5 during happy hour, which is admittedly a great deal sure. given the portion. But honestly, it's not, it's not worth Sounds it. Sounds bad. It's not worth it when the portion you're getting is yeah, a portion of something bad. So we also got loaded, loaded tots. Ooh, I, I was very excited about those yeah. on the menu. Crispy tater tots drizzled with Guinness cheese and topped with bacon and green onions. For some reason, bacon is capitalized on the menu. Maybe it's like <laughs> Sir Francis bacon. I don't know. These were good. I mean, they were well done tater tots, you know, hot and crispy sure. like I like them. The menu said drizzled with cheese sauce, but I think they meant to say ladled with cheese sauce. There was a lot of cheese in the middle. <laughs> There's a lot of the Guinness cheese sauce on the menu okay. in general. The word Guinness appears in this menu. I've actually, if it had been a PDF, I would have done a search sure. to see how many times has to be 50 plus times it's on there a lot yeah it's i mean one of the first words on there and not just the beer there's like guinness is a component mm -hmm. of so many different things on this menu yeah I, at least like 25 percent of the items on the menu Which, feature guinness or a guinness product it's cool i mean the worst beer can go into beer batter and it has a good taste yeah you know absolutely my grandma will occasionally do fried food with beer batter and she will like have to very like uh coyly ask someone to bring a <laughs> can of beer <laughs> <laughs> a lot of cheese in the middle i think they also did the classic move of ladling the plate with a layer of cheese before putting the tots on mm -hmm. there the Love middle it. tots with all the cheese were soggy but the pro move here is you know it's obvious you fork one of the ones in the middle with all the sauce then go to the outer edge and fork one of the uncheesed crispy tots the blend of those two textures just is just great it's a totally solid bar food option really enjoyed those that sounds awesome 
Lindsay, this is something we were splitting ostensibly. Lindsay had maybe a fourth of the order, and I cleaned up the rest because I'm because I'm gross, <laughs> and also because the sliders are so bad that the tots were like redemption or something. I mean, I hey, I get it. Two fifths of the slider stuff, I just left. Like I yeah. I will take leftovers, but I just left it. That was Lindsay's in my trip, and I wanted to start with that because it was more negative. Sure. On Wednesday, I went by myself and got the pub platter. Ooh, Andy. Okay. Get into this pub platter, please. Black and tan O-rings. Mm. This is not an O-ring like you might find in a motor of a car. Oh, apostrophe. Yes. But in fact, the it's it's onion rings, Dan. Yes. I don't know if you O-rings. picked up on that. O-rings, yes. uh-huh. yeah. Soft pretzel sticks, Scottish eggs. I don't know why it's Scottish eggs and not Scotch eggs, but Yeah, I, I was confused. I thought maybe my whole life I had misheard. Nah, <laughs> just some weird it. thing they're doing. And then Reuben rolls. Sure. So start with these black and tan O-rings. Crispy beer battered on your ring, served with Guinness cheese sauce for dipping. Ding! We should have a ding for every time the word Guinness. <laughs> nope, we shouldn't do that. Yeah, Let's do that in post, <laughs> They have a strong initial crunch, but they get soft quick. Uh, the beer batter is very thin, but it did have a pretty strong beery flavor that I enjoyed. I do prefer a thicker onion ring. For sure. But these were still pretty good, especially when mixed with the Guinness cheese sauce, which by itself was a little bland, but... Provided a nice flavor and texture for dipping. It didn't overwhelm the flavor of the item being dipped. Thought they were good. Andy, how are they stacking up to the Drunken Monkey O-rings? Not even comparison. Drunken Monkey way better. You know, very good. Soft pretzel sticks, warm salted breadsticks served with Guinness cheese sauce. Oh, ding! They're not (laughs) sticks though. They're spikes. They're pretzel spikes. Really? (laughs) You put garlic on these. You could really kill some vamps. I, wondered, I was, I was going to say, maybe they came off of a pretzel hedgehog. That's good, too. I like that. <laughs> Porcupine? Uh, yeah. You want to take that again? <laughs> I was thinking that maybe they were pretzel spikes from a pretzel porcupine i'm leaving that whole thing in. <laughs> thank you <laughs> my plan had been to only eat one of these and not just stuff myself with bread because the whole plate's like bread and yeah, fried stuff that's a lot of bread and last time i did that for the podcast was at coyotes adobe mm. not the restaurant's fault but i had a bad experience had yeah. some stomach issues mm-hmm. that night these were very good they were mostly soft just a little bit of crispness on the outside they're freshly baked dense and buttery with just the right amount of pretzel salt, almost, but not quite too much. Just up to the line of it being too salty. Nice. I, I, I hate whenever the pretzel's too salty, although it yeah. is a very easy fix. Mm-hmm. I, I I guess it's better than being under-salted. Yeah, you just lick the salt off. <laughs> <laughs> Next, I had the Scottish eggs, and the description for this says, A Dublin's past favorite! Ooh! Pickled hard-boiled eggs wrapped in sausage and breadcrumbs and lightly fried and served with spicy mustard sauce. I am talking so much. (laughs) (laughs) You had a lot of food. I did have a lot of food. I saved these for last because they scared me. I'm not the biggest boiled egg fan, not even the biggest egg fan in general. Mm. I shouldn't have been scared. It was fine, but it just didn't make much sense to me, the flavor. It was like a combination of flavors that didn't really belong together like as in tasting them all at the same time really i can get down with some eggs and sausage and toast at breakfast but i'm not putting them all in my mouth at once that's what this is like just like a big mess of breakfast food i was eating with a beer at 4 30 p.m for some reason they were i didn't dislike them they were it was just strange maybe just not for me or not something i've become accustomed to i'm not a big fan of breakfast style sausage 
I have always wanted to try a scotch egg, though. I did not get to, unfortunately, this time. Didn't realize that the egg is pickled. Have never had a pickled hard-boiled egg before. Oh. Did you notice any pickling no. quality? No, not, not even a little bit. Hmm. No, it tastes like a hard-boiled egg. Wow. Yeah. All right. And now, we got a little special treat. Oh. Special treat. Speaking of hedgehogs. Here it comes. I am egg. Rolling, 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 rolling. I am egg. Rolling, 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 rolling. Keep rolling. That's right. It's back. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this week we have a very special edition of Egg Rollin'. Egg Rollin'. <laughs> is, that, is that the name of this segment? Yeah, Egg Rollin'. The Reuben Rolls, which you kind of glazed over in the description there. On purpose. It's called Misdirection. <gasps> the Reuben Rolls. Andy, these are handmade Irish egg rolls with corned beef, sauerkraut, and Swiss cheese served with homemade thousand island dipping sauce boy was that beef ever corned <laughs> oh goodness <laughs> that, i gotta hand it to him they corned that beef mine was served hot i think that's a benefit of going to a restaurant sure. right after they open that was fresh out of the fryer served like an egg roll chopped in half it was almost like an open-faced mm-hmm. egg roll you could see the entire inside really did taste like a deep fried reuben yeah. sandwich the shell was thin but it was strong enough to support the filling which itself was fairly substantial. So crispy, Andy. Mm-hmm. So, so crispy. This was good. It Very was good. good. I got this along with my meal, and I had this for lunch today at work, so I was not going to eat all of these Reuben rolls. That You get three pretty large egg rolls, so I was offering them to my coworkers at work, and <laughs> it's so hard to describe, yeah. and, like without sounding disgusting. I'm like, <laughs> "Well, they're uh, Reuben egg rolls, and it's two o'clock." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel about some sauerkraut yes. before you go back out and talk to customers. Most everybody tried them, and I, I think they all had good things to say about them as well, even after they had cooled off significantly. They were delicious. They're not coming for uh shanghaiin's crown no. anytime soon no. but uh hopefully the first in a series of like non chinese food egg rolls that we try for sure so andy as i said i went there around 2 p.m today this very day got those delicious reuben rolls and and my intentions were to eat the bangers and mash however as I said, I was at work, <laughs> and bangers and mash is not exactly work food. But I would like to read you the menu description for it, I if wish you, you wouldn't would. mind. Bangers and mash. Danny Boy's favorite. Oh! It says it right there on the menu. Danny mm-hmm. Boy, your boy, <laughs> right here. Danny How How, Uncle Danny. They somehow knew you were coming. His favorite. Uh huh. They told me right there on the menu, and I deigned not to get it. Oof. Toasted home style bread piled with mashers, Irish banger sausage, and smothered in brown gravy. But alas, I did not have this this time, Andy. And it's kind of a bummer because I have some additional attachment to bangers and mash. Wow. You see, my good, good friend Josh milk money himself all the way up in minnesota <laughs> whose birthday it is today oh wow which i was reminded of whenever you brought 311 up earlier interesting 
we <laughs> very few times have rapped, hip hopped under the name Bangers and Mash. Wow. Would you venture a guess which one of us is Bangers and which one of us Mash? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you giving it to? Uh, I guess you're Mash, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you boys Mash. <laughs> Josh is such a good dude. He's such a good dude. Way better than you. (laughs) Much better rapper, too. It's very true. Uh, But I just wanted to get that out there. I wanted to have bangers and mash today. I did not get to have them, unfortunately. Mm. But I wanted to give a little happy birthday shout out to my good buddy, Josh, and his lovely dog, Rudy. Anyway, <laughs> doesn't he have a family? Shout out his dog. Um, he does have a family. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Allie and Ollie and Leo, all the cool cats up there in Minnesota. Parkway Pizza. This one goes out to you, and then Andy plays like a heartfelt tribute song here. gonna do like the peanuts theme or something <laughs> i don't know all right so what i did actually have i had the rasher melt sandwich andy i just wanted to go with the sandwich something Feeling a little rashy. <laughs> well i didn't get to have the bangers i didn't get to have any mashers hmm. so i had to have some rashers baby honey whiskey glazed rashers crispy bacon american and swiss cheese with pesto mayo and tomato on homestyle toast. There's a lot of stuff going on there. Now, rashers, I guess, is just like thinly sliced cooked ham, basically. Oh, okay. Or maybe like an English slash Irish style of bacon, much like Canadian bacon it belongs to the Canadians. Wait, it was, wait what? <laughs> <laughs> I never put that together. I, <laughs> I thought they named it after the john candy movie directed by michael moore <laughs> yes they no, you know we should name a meat after this <laughs> i think it has another name but i don't know what it is so i don't know why i mentioned it anyway this was a pretty good sandwich andy it the the one big complaint i had with it before i get into the delicious things was this cheese and i've i brought this up before and you've disagreed with me too much cheese oh once again i think the problem was maybe more the melted level of the cheese possibly just wasn't melted Mm -hmm. enough it was kind of a gooey cheese mess in there so much so that it made me think that maybe this sandwich had the guinness pour cheese on it that was the consistency i was getting and you also had that basil mayo in there Mm -hmm. but as far as the taste of the sandwich overall goes very good the the rashers just kind of like a smoky ham uh, plus you get bacon on there. I'm a big fan of like a ham and bacon sandwich, uh, like the, uh, porker at Jimmy John's. Oh yeah. Pesto mayo was very strange. I would not assume pesto is a common ingredient in yeah. Irish food. It's probably not. No. I mean, I talked about that in the bio, but I think a lot of the stuff is not Irish food. It's I rich. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the bread was nice and toasted. My biggest complaint beyond that cheese fiasco, those fries were awful. Mm. I had some fries immediately whenever I got in the car to get the best. Right. Give them a shot. Give them a shot. It's only fair. They were no good. They were very soggy. 
I was very bummed. Maybe I should have gone for the house-made chips, mm-hmm. but that's a dumb order <laughs> at, at any place that's not a sandwich shop. I went today at lunch during my job. Mm-hmm. I did not get a beer this time because well, I was working. So you claim. I didn't. You got two beers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't get any. Took almost four minutes to pour. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. 119.5 seconds times two, whatever that is. (laughs) That is literally one second under four minutes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I got two mains because, like I said, I had like a $20 coupon. Sure. $10, I've spent 20 I got a shamrock wedge salad. Ooh, shamrock. $8.99. Wow. (laughs) Romaine lettuce topped with gorgonzola cheese. Crumble the bacon, tomatoes, and ranch dressing. Serve with green beans and roast potatoes. Ooh. Dan, I do love a wedge salad. I don't order them very often, but I like that construction. Mm-hmm. I like how it feels more like an entree than an app or something you eat before the meal because it takes more effort than your standard bowl salad. You really yeah. have to dig in there with a uh-huh. the fork and knife. It's this, kind of a power move, ordering one. Oh, yeah? I, I would say. Well, then I ordered wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Not powerful. <laughs> This one wasn't bad. It was just generic. Like no different from what you get at a big chain. I keep coming back to this. This place feels like a chain to me. Sure. They kind of skimp on the toppings. I mean, for nine bucks, there should be enough cheese on there for me to be able to taste it. Uh, the green beans were totally unseasoned. Oh, that's unfortunate. Just so bland. God, such a bummer. I don't understand that at all. Like, why even bother if you're not going to season them? And I know they know how to season because potatoes were excellent. Ooh. Potatoes are great. There were How just weird. six whole new potatoes, skin on, roasted and seasoned with salt and fresh black pepper. And I think there might even been a little bit of sugar. The oh. old wing stop trick cool. with a little bit of sugar in the seasoning. Love the potatoes. Thought those were excellent. Did not particularly care for the wedge salad. About half of it's still in my fridge. I don't even know if I'll eat it. Mm. There was not that much bacon on there either. For $9, I'm going to need to be counting four yeah. strips of bacon. If it had been crumbles. like $4, I'd have thought, ah, sure, sure. fine. This yeah, is absolutely. fine. Not a power move any yeah. longer, though. No. I really wanted to try some kind of authentic Irish dish. So I decided I would have to get something from the from across the pond section of the menu. Sure. I got the cottage pie. Oh, Andy. It says it's the Taste of Springfield Best Entree winner from 2011 and 2012. Dang. Well done. Tender steak tips, celery, carrots, and peas in a rich brown gravy. It says topped with mashers and served with home-style toast. I don't know what home-style toast is. It's one kind of toast. You just <laughs> you, you toast the bread. I think every time that I saw bread on the menu, it said like home-style home style, toast. Whatever. <laughs> when you hear the word pie... What do you think of? Like, what is the main component that makes a pie a pie to you? I'm going to expect a crust with that filling. is what I expected as well. No crust! Ooh. This is a stew, Dan. This is not a pie. <laughs> no, get in. What, what exactly is in this? I expected something like a pot pie with a crust, but this did not have a crust. It was just a bowl of stew with a large dollop of mashed potatoes in the center oh rich and hearty lots of flavor and different textures i liked it i was just it was not what i expected not what i thought i was this ordering. is what my family refers to as a shepherd's pie okay mashed potatoes with the fillings that would be in a pot pie i think sometimes can be served with the top yeah but i've certainly had it 
topless baby. <laughs> Pie's gone wild. <laughs> this was a stew. With potatoes in it. Sure. Operator error. I was expecting a pie with a crust. I prepared myself for that. To a go- stew does sound like too much liquid for this dish. It's quite liquidy. That 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 doesn't sound good. It must have been stewed for a long time because the beef was stringy, you know, mm. all broken apart. And it was that. very tender, almost like melting into the gravy. It came with two half slices of golden brown white toast, which made for excellent dipping. Oh, homestyle toast. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was homestyle. Yeah. yeah. I think I said golden brown white, but no, I'm my mistake. Yeah, why didn't you just say homestyle style? The cottage pie does seem like a dish. It'd be pretty easy to replicate at home. Uh, But on a cold, dreary day like today, it really hit the spot. Now, it was good, but honestly, I feel like a can of Progresso stew would be pretty close to the same thing, Mm. just minus the higher quality meat. It was good. I enjoyed enjoyed the meal. It was $10.99, and it, it felt like, canned stew with high quality meat in it it sounds like a layer of crust over the top would have very much elevated oh yeah now i ordered this which was in a pretty standard bowl i would say this is maybe like a 10 ounce serving or something Mm. it was not as much as i was expecting especially considering the substantial portions of literally everything else that i had ordered in my previous two experiences i did not have a full meal's worth of food and I got a Diet Coke, and somehow, bef- before my discount, my bill was thirty-two dollars. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't understand because that they didn't add up to that yeah. amount. Like even in my head, going over this doesn't make any sense. That's wild. This is way too expensive for what it was. Is what I'm saying. I mean, it was fine. It was good. It was bar food, but golly, twenty bucks and like not leaving satisfied. And like I didn't finish the salad because I didn't like it. Yeah, I definitely also dropped twenty dollars on my single appetizer and um, meal, and it, it it does not feel like it was worth it either for me. Twenty dollars plus a tip. Yeah, obviously. Oh, that's rich. right. The thirty two dollars included a tip. Sure. I did get one more thing on my first visit. We're bouncing around time, bouncing around time here. <laughs> I got fried bread pudding. Ooh, mm-hmm. I saw that on the menu. Yeah. Bread pudding, blended with sugar and spice and everything nice. Their words, not mine. Topped with caramel, drizzle, and powdered sugar. Add a scoop of ice cream for 99 cents. Yes, I did do that. You can't have bread pudding without it. Sounds great. I can't relate to anyone who would have bread pudding without it, I should say. Lots of different kinds of people out there. Narcs. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a lot of styles of bread pudding. I like a slice. I don't think that's the traditional preparation of bread pudding is to give you a big slice of it. That's the, how, the way I like sure. it, though. This was cut up cubes of bread that had been fried. I'm assuming fried in butter because they're very buttery. And then sugared and spiced. The ice cream made this work. I could not have enjoyed this dish without the ice cream. But with the ice cream, it was pretty tasty. Some of the pieces were more fried than others. And the friedest, crustiest <laughs> ones were the best. The pieces that were almost black. The crunch and that just a slight tinge of burntness. Mm, yeah. That burntness can I'm sometimes be real good. Mixed with the sweetness of the ice cream was pretty great. This is not my favorite bread pudding in town, but I was not disappointed. And really, this and the egg rolls were the only things that I could say that I really loved of whatever seven different things that I tried. 
Yeah, you you had a lot. I did have a lot. I'm so ready to that. Like, even in comparison to other weeks of you eating on this show, like that that is a lot of. And food. I didn't mean to. I really truly didn't mean to do it this week, and just wound up happening. So, Dan, on a scale of one to five sterile faux ethnic taverns or should we just do how many clover leaves out of five where four is best five is second best <laughs> yes yeah absolutely okay it doesn't matter because it's not getting either one of those for yeah me. yeah and i don't i don't think it's gonna climb up to that echelon for me man andy i think out of five clover leaves technically four <laughs> with five being just below four <laughs> i'm gonna have to give this place 2.5 if the fries had been there which the fries i didn't mention they also kind of have a sweet quality it must be whatever their seasoning blend is because they very much reminded me of wing stops fries but like an order of wing stop fries that are bad which you can definitely get that at mm-hmm. wing stop sometimes mm-hmm. but that's wing stop that's yeah. what i expect from wing stop that's not what i s- expect from the dub man yeah <laughs> I'm not going to work off notes here. Everything I've said about food today, I've been going off notes. When I go to a local restaurant, meaning a restaurant that is owned and operated here by people that live here, I want to eat something that I feel was prepared because the people making it want people who live here to eat it. This is something special for people that live in Springfield, Missouri, or in whatever city I'm eating in. I do not feel that way about this place. And I know some of this comes from having researched it and knowing that this is a group of entrepreneurs who are interested in becoming very wealthy from franchising. Sure. Like that is the intent. And fine, I'm, this is not like a judgment one way or the other. This is how I derive pleasure from going to restaurants. That's what this is sure. about. This place feels like a chain. Both locations. It's so clean. It's so nice. It's got... It's, it's like the clean version of a dirty place. It's very artificial, much like St. Patrick's Day in general, much like Guinness, <laughs> much like my own <laughs> Irish heritage that I claim. <laughs> no, that's real, but I feel like I had some food there that was 3 and 3.5 range. Sure. I'd probably put the egg rolls 3.5, something like that. I'd probably if I was playing the trivia there, I'd grab an stew. order of those yeah. Reuben rolls. They're, that's really the thing. Absolutely. The Reuben rolls are delicious. Those were pretty awesome. But I'm with you, Dan. I was thinking that I was going to do three clover leaves out of five. three-leaved clover. A three-leaved clover. Yeah, I'll give them a three-leaved clover. That was my initial thought, but hearing you say 2.5, I feel like has enabled me to admit that this is a 2.5. This let's, is a 2.5 clover together. Leaf. You know, it's better than a no leaf clover. That's probably what Metallica would have given them. <laughs> <laughs> Off of the Metallica S&M album. It's great. It's a great song. Everybody check out no leaf clover. Symphony and Metallica. You see what they did there? Yes. s and Pretty funny, guys. <laughs> it's a great album. <laughs> it's not knock that album. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Man, Andy, even after all that delicious food we had I could really still go for a bite you know yeah I mean I'm full (laughs) but man something crispy you know something crunchy something breaded Mm. making me hungry (sighs) I've had rashers almost had bangers almost had mashers you know what I'm talking about you're still (laughs) hungry yeah yeah, I'm hungry, but I think what I want 
isn't on the menu at Dublin's Pass. It's not. No. What do you want to eat? Well, doggy chow. Just, uh, <laughs> I said crispy already, right? Yeah, you said crispy. And like doggy chow? Oh, jeez, Andy. I just don't know. Almost there. <laughs> I just don't know. I'm so hungry. I want some crispy chicken, dude. I think I want some chicken fingers. Does this place have chicken fingers? Does this place have, does this place have, does this place have chicken fingers? Oh, chicken wings will do. Long walk to get there. <laughs> Good bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, originally I had planned on we we wanted to do a cranberries song, uh-huh. obviously, because we're horrible and disrespectful. Just uh, you, just, <laughs> just, you. just me. No, I think it was my. I think I suggested yes, it. Yeah, <laughs> you absolutely did. However, I I I love the cranberries very much. I I love singing zombie. Um, how, and I, I had a whole thing planned this week. I had written out a couple verses to zombie, but due to the like nature of that song and the content therein, I really just kind of wanted to stay away from it. Yeah. That would have, that's pretty touchy. We wouldn't, wouldn't yeah. really want to be the kind of people that would do that. But if I did do it, it would probably sound something like this. <laughs> I'd like to go ahead and apologize to the Cranberries, the nation of Ireland, my girlfriend who really does not like whatever I do this impression of the Cranberries' legendary singer. I'm sorry. I guess I'm also sorry to Daniel Day-Lewis. Another Reuben egg roll, O-rings for the table. Maybe I'll get cottage pie or chocolate-covered bacon. Mm, let's see, a patty or maybe mac and cheese. In my head, in my head, I'm decided. In their apps and desserts, try the soup, maybe wings. In my mouth, in my mouth, I'll be chewing. It's in my mouth, in my mouth. Dublin's past, Dublin's past, Dublin's past. It's in my mouth, in my mouth. Dublin's past, Dublin's past, Dublin's past. Oh, I'm so sorry. Do you have something in your throat? <laughs> You're feeling all right? <laughs> sorry, I was just feeling a little froggy there. But yeah, we would never do anything like that. No, no. God forbid. No. One more segment today. <laughs> Movie meals. Ooh, fan favorite. More like and favorite. <laughs> I think I'm the only person who likes this segment. 
Dan, as you know, I, I like to visit the cinema. I also like to eat. Mm. So naturally, when I make a visit to the cinema, and whatever movie I'm watching happens to feature food and, and or eating in an interesting way, well, I like it, Dan. You get all whipped up into a frenzy. I like to talk about it. Yeah. They're but right I- there in the theater. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> that no. looks good. <laughs> nope. You turn to the people next to you. <laughs> uh-uh. I did have something happen um, at the second movie I'm going to talk about where I sat down and there was a woman sitting to my left and the server came up and just assumed we were there together and took both of our orders and she's like he's like oh so who's paying tonight and we were like we don't know each other so we had to to go redo our order (laughs) (laughs) nice i went to two movies this week and it's a pair of movies that are surprisingly similar in certain ways ways i didn't realize until i began collecting my thoughts for this segment sure Uh, the first movie i watched this week is about a young woman who wakes up and has no idea where she is and eventually discovers that she has extraordinary powers. She's a cyborg, in fact. That's a that's a human being augmented by machines. Sure, Dan. I had a professor once who insisted that anyone wearing contact lenses was a cyborg. Yeah, that's some goofy stuff that some teachers really like to say. <laughs> he's one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. But that he's that was too weird. That's that's a bridge too far. Anyway, the movie I saw was called Alita Battle Angel, directed by Robert Rodriguez with a script co-written by James Cameron, a man probably most famous for having directed Piranha 2, The Spawning. The character (laughs) Alita (laughs) wakes up after having been reassembled, and even though she has an adult's body, she's experiencing all the world's sensations for the first time. It's a lot of fun. It's what your niece is going through right now. Sure. Kind of. It's it's not. She's a grown woman, Uh right? Yeah. The movie's pretty good about showing and not telling this concept. Like, there's no character that comes out and says, Hey, Alita, you're experience- having these experiences <laughs> for the first time, even though you're in an adult's body. Nobody says that. It's pretty smart about it. At one point, Alita tastes an orange, uh, which she's never done before. And it's like the best moment of her life. Her mind is blown by the taste of an orange. And I thought that was a really great way to convey that sensation and what that experience was like with this character i don't particularly care for oranges oh i love them don't hate them or anything it's just not my top choice for a fruit dan but imagine being in your early 20s and having never tasted citrus at all and tasting it for the first time probably be shocking and sweetness and the sour and sticky juice and and then for the first time she got to have the sensation of everything she tastes for the rest of the day being like a orange peel i mean that's the rest of the movie it's just a documentary (laughs) she's like man she gets taste out of my mouth (laughs) No, it's off your fingers. That that's what I was implying is oh. that she pulled the orange open, as gotcha. I do. I'm a I'm a monster like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. We're in agreement. We're in agreement. <laughs> We're on both that. battle angels <laughs> like that. <laughs> anyway, that's a cool moment. The movie overall is pretty good. There's some really cool action and some very bad acting. Just horrendous acting by one of the male leads. The woman is she's a full motion capture character. Sure. So they had a person on set, but they like somehow beat the uncanny valley. She is the most natural performance on screen many, many different times in this movie because like other characters are not great. Anyway, ultimately, it all adds up to nothing particularly special, but I, I love that orange scene. <laughs> <laughs> now, the second movie I saw was, this one was about a young woman who wakes up in an unknown place and has no idea who she is, and she discovers she has some powers, uh, some, some superpowers, Dan. <laughs> This movie was called Captain Marvel. Oh. Uh, saw that one last night. Really liked it. Yeah. Liked it a lot. I, You know what? I like the Marvel movies. You sure. know, I'm, I'm on board. You are. 
the story goes some surprising places. It's really funny. The action is okay. Actually, not as good as the action in Alita. But the best parts of Captain Marvel are honestly the stretches when it's just people sitting around and talking, which is kind of weird for like an action movie or even a Marvel sure. movie. Though some of the best Marvel stuff is like heroes talking about justice and different theories and I disagree. Oh, I don't so like I don't like that standing around on the like floating headquarters like talking about stuff. I like that stuff scenes. A lot. No. No, thank you. <laughs> Just give me a lecture. <laughs> you know what? Could you give me the Give me the cut of the Avengers where they just cut the action out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the good cut. Take the Hawkeye section, the Hawkeye's home section of Ultron. Just give me the full length yeah. two-hour movie yeah. about that. Let me call up see Hawkeye's home and life. see if he'll yeah. edit that together for you. That's a joke for 10 people Nerds. in the world. So, yeah. There's like an hour in the middle of the movie where there's not a whole lot of action, and it rules. At one point, Captain Marvel has a conversation with Nick Fury, played by Samuel L. Jackson, who's been digitally de-aged to look 40 years old. Nice. But still has the same body and posture of present-day 70-year-old <laughs> Sam Jackson. Face looks great. He's but always talking about credit cards. <laughs> we, like, we know what he looked like in the 90s. <laughs> you know, we... Seen those movies quite a bit, of, quite a few times. Pulp Fiction. What if he looked just like Jackie Brown? <laughs> That's so like that comp is like very close. He looks honestly more like Pam Greer and Jackie Brown than he does look like uh, um, Sam Jackson did. I just love his Pulp ponytail. Or, oh gosh, so good. Jackie Brown. I'm seeing that at the Alamo here what? pretty soon. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, we should go. We should. That's my favorite. <laughs> cool. <laughs> we just made a plan on Mike. There's this tiny moment in a conversation with Nick Fury. That's Samuel Jackson. Mm-hmm. If you don't watch the movies, yes. guys, he shares a food habit of his. It is so hyper specific and weird that it's both hilarious and totally relatable at the same time. And everybody has these preferences that don't make any sense. It's like you just can't fight them, you know. I'm not going to spoil it uh, because it kind of ruins a nice little moment in the movie. But every, I think if you this sounds even remotely interesting, you should go see it. And uh, just know something great is coming about food <laughs> and Captain Marvel. Mostly, I just want to talk about Captain Marvel because I love Marvel movies now. I'm so excited to see this new Avengers movie in like less than two months. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna, I have to do some catching up because I think we might have some mm-hmm. a little something planned Perhaps. for that. Uh, and I might have, have been, not been watching those films. Might have been sliding to some DMs, getting some figured out this <laughs> oh, week. Goodness. I also watched a movie this week. Thanks for asking, Andy. Um <laughs> I watched Foxcatcher for the first time. Um, I've always wanted to see it for some reason. I like just kind of sports movies like that. There's no fox thrillers. Yeah, yeah. I was like, where's this freaking fox? (laughs) Um, They didn't ever catch him. It's actually got a couple food scenes as well. There's a particularly intense scene where uh, Channing Tatum in trying to go above his target weight for an Olympic trial Uh um, eats a ton of food in a hotel room. It's very intense. Some of the most intense food eating I've ever seen on screen. Really like he's really good in that movie. Much better than Steve Carell, who I think probably got more accolades for it. Yeah. Um, Shannon Kittum is, unreal in that movie he's so, he's, he's so, so good. good and yeah. he, he's like hitting himself a bunch it's very, mm-hmm. it's like an intense watch it's a very good movie i would recommend it had another kind of food related thing in there mark ruffalo looking like an absolute snack <laughs> oh my goodness he is just beefy and like whew, man i mark ruffalo looks good in that movie a good looking man not the best things happen to him but man just who who that's all i had to say <laughs> ruffalo my <laughs> yeah i mean it, the what it, what it was he has um 
a little more muscle, I'd I'd call him more buffalo. <laughs> Just took off his headphones, gonna leave the room. I guess we probably should end the show. <laughs> yes, we should. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everybody. I hope you have a happy St. Patrick's Day. If that's a thing you do, stay away from downtown if you don't want to get vomited on. Stay safe out this there, weekend, guys. Yeah, for real. Uh, you know, stay off the road after past 10 p.m. this Saturday. If you know what's good for you. <laughs> and also, stay off the road if you've been drinking. Yeah, that's well, what I was that. implying. Our listeners don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Drink. All of our listeners are teetotalers. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're safe. They get Ubers. Well, half of them are teetotalers. Half of them are straight edgers. Mm-hmm. We have a... Yeah, we cater specifically to the straight edge. <laughs> you can't you can't see it, but I actually write X's on my wrists. You guys had no clue you were Sharpies. listening to a straight edge podcast. <laughs> yeah. We how, how long have we been talking about Guinness today? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks everybody for listening. We hope you enjoy it. If you have a friend or an enemy you think <laughs> might enjoy the show or not like it and you want to, you know, curse them with listening yeah. to it. Uh, please recommend the show to them. Maybe send them a nice little personal message explaining why you think they'd like it. Or don't do that, whatever. Yeah. Please do. <laughs> Have a good week, everybody. I can't wait for next week's episode. Ooh, I'm, I'm so very excited. excited, too. Num num. <laughs> There's northern. God, it corrected it to island. <laughs> and then there's. Yes, fresh romaine topped with romaine lettuce. That, <laughs> stupid <laughs> Look, I typed these into my phone. Typed these into my phone in between licking the dressing on my fingers. <laughs> I got really into country music this year because of this really great history of country music podcast called Cocaine and Rhinestones. Have you and I talked about this, Stan? Um, no, I've actually talked about that with another friend, though. Is that that's a one of uh, like a country star's son? Yes, isn't it? Who's whose son is that? He's the son of David Allen Coe. Oh, okay, yeah, the uh, outlaw country. Uh huh. And honestly, this that dude and Karina Longworth, who does the movie podcast, you must remember this, are the two main main influences or the people that I'm imitating. Whenever I do these bio segments, it's hmm. those two people, like 100%. Anyway, so I got really into country music this year. I'm, this is all context for me saying, like, I like country music. Sure. Or a dunce like Andy. Hey, <laughs> you changed that. <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, oh. Oh, okay. I think I, I did that. That's so funny. <laughs> that was very funny. Whenever I got, I didn't see that until the very end. Can you, can you say a dunce like Andy again, just so I can get... Only $3 to support a cool new local project? Could you hear the exclamation point and the question mark on the end of that <laughs> sentence? I could. Yep. It's a... <laughs> <laughs> yep. Period. <laughs> I... <laughs>